Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Well, please gather around. We have a very interesting Bible story to discuss today. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 29, the Bible tells us, It happened when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, that Michelle, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. What an interesting verse. And why would the scripture even include the statement that she despised him in her heart? Well, let's look at the context of what's happening here. If you remember, David at one time had attempted to bring the Ark of the Covenant up from the home of Obed-Edom. And in doing so, they carried the Ark on an ox cart. And when the oxen stumbled, one of the priests named Uzzah reached out his hand He touched the ark, and the anger of the Lord was against this priest, and and God struck him dead right there in the middle of the celebration. Well, God, the Bible says that David was afraid of God, and they left the ark of the covenant there at the home of Obed-Edom. And the Bible says that God blessed this man's home for several months. When David heard of it, he determined again that he would bring the Ark of the Covenant to the city of David, to Jerusalem, to the tent of meeting that he had pitched there in Jerusalem. But this time he was very careful to bring the Ark up as the Scripture prescribed, carried on poles by the Levitical priest. That was what the Scripture said had to be done. So this time everything was done according to the Scripture. And once again, David and all the people were celebrating with great joy, with loud clanging cymbals and with trumpets. David, the Bible says, took off his royal garments and wearing only a linen ephod, was dancing before the Lord, celebrating with great joy. And his wife, the daughter of Saul, the previous king, her name was Michelle, she looked out the window She saw her husband dancing in the street with great joy, rejoicing before the Lord. And the Bible says that she despised him in her heart. Well, we need to talk about this. First of all, why was he not wearing his royal king's attire? Why was he wearing a linen robe? Well, this was a day for glorifying God. David didn't want to draw attention to himself. The attention was to be drawn to the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the true God. David, this particular day, was just one of the people. He was just one of the worshipers. And I I would remind you and me that too many of us worry about our appearance. And we, we worry too much about what men think about us. We worry too much about our dignity. We worry too much to to raise our arms in church 
or to bend our knees in worship before God. We worry too much about what other would think about us to shout amen in church. In other words, we quench the Spirit. When the Spirit moves us to raise our arms or to bend our knees or to shout amen or to pray out loud, and we quench that Spirit, the Bible warns us against quenching the Spirit. You see, God is our ultimate audience, not other men. The Bible tells us that the fear of man brings a snare. This king named David had a true heart of worship as is manifested in all of the Psalms that he wrote. He practiced unrestricted, unrestrained worship. The Psalms were the overflow of his heart that was full of praise, that was full of worship to the God that he loved, to the God of the heavens and the earth. Now, let's think about the New Testament. In the book of John, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, if you remember, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. He's talking to this Samaritan woman. And they're discussing this whole issue of true worship. And Jesus looks at her and talks about the true worshipers of God. And she's a little bit perplexed by the things that he's saying to her. And Jesus says, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Spirit-led worship, integrity in worship. You see, David was a true worshiper, and God sought him out to be the greatest king of Israel and the forebearer of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was a man of worship, a true worshiper. The Messiah is often referred to as the son of David who was both a warrior and a worshiper. So let's ask the question, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? First, it it means spirit-led worship, spirit-controlled worship. So what does it mean for you and me to be spirit-led? Three things. Number one is fessed up. Number two is yielded up. And number three is faithed up. Now, what do I mean by all of that? Well, let's talk about fessed up. Well, you know what that means. It means confessing our sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now listen, you don't like to drink milk or tea or juice out of a dirty glass. And I'm telling you that the Spirit of God doesn't fill a dirty vessel. If you and I have unconfessed sin in our lives... The Spirit of God is not going to lead us or control us or rule over our souls. It's imperative that we live a life of constant confession of sin. And number two is yielded up. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul told the, the Corinthians, I'm sorry, the Romans, I beseech you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, which is holy which is wholly acceptable unto God, 
Why a living sacrifice? You know why. Because we are always trying to crawl off the altar. That's why Jesus told his disciples, if any man would come after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. We have to put our old man to death every day, yielded up. Not only have to we confess our sins every day, but we have to yield ourselves to Christ every day as a living sacrifice. And then faith up. Colossians 2.6 says, As ye have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. We receive the Lord Jesus by faith, so we have to walk by faith. We have to trust Holy Spirit who lives in us, that He will every day conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will make us like Jesus. That's what it means to be Spirit-led. And if we're to worship Jesus in spirit, then we have to be clean vessels, confessing sin, surrendered vessels, and we have to be trusting by faith that every day He is at work in our lives to make us the men and women of God that He's called us to be. Now, what about in truth? That means with integrity. Isaiah 59, 2 tells us that if we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. Now, we all have sin. The Bible says that if any of us says that we are without sin, the truth is not in us, that we're liars and the truth is not in us. So the question is not whether or not we have sin, but what do we do with our sin? Do we live a life of confession or do we hide it? Do we coddle it? Do we nurture it? Do we condone it? Slough it off? Ignore it? Or are we like David? You see, David was a man that when he was confronted with his sin by Nathan the prophet, he immediately confessed his sin. You see, he had a tender heart towards God. And he often prayed in the Psalms that God would teach him how to hate the sin that was in him. Do you pray that? Do you ever ask God to teach you how to hate sin? You see, truthfulness in worship, integrity in worship. We have to have a clean heart. We have to have a heart that is fully devoted to God. That means truthful, sincere, honest, and not hypocritical. That's what it mean, means to have integrity about ourselves in spirit and in truth. And the Bible says that God seeks out folks like that. There's no doubt that He sought out David, took him from being a shepherd, and ultimately led him to be the king, the leader in the entire land, because God recognized that he was a young boy who had a heart of worship. You see, when God looks out over all the land, does He seek you out? Does He see you as a person of genuine heartfelt worship? Now, here's another question. What happens in the life of a true worshiper? First, the lost world will despise you. Just like Michelle despised her husband, King David, the true worshiper of God, the lost world will despise you. You see, King Michelle's father, Saul, also despised David. You see, Michelle gave superficial reasons for despising him. She said, you're just wearing the clothes of common people. You dressed like a commoner. But the real reason was that her heart was far from God, and she could not relate to her husband, who was a man of praise, a man of worship. To her, the joyful, jubilant worship of God was common and vulgar. 
It was not dignified. Listen to me. Dignified equates with proud and arrogant. Worship requires humility. Worship necessarily requires bowing down, kneeling, lifting arms, and giving glory to God with all of your heart. You might even have to shout amen or wave your handkerchief. Trust me, the lost world will despise you in their heart if they see you kneeling at the altar before God, but they will regret it eternally in the day of judgment when under compulsion they kneel before the true king, the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible tells us that the natural man, that's the lost man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him. Neither can he understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You see, that was Michelle's problem. That was Saul's problem. They didn't understand the things of the Spirit of God because they were foolishness to them. The preaching of the gospel is foolishness to the lost world. That's why people who don't understand the power of the gospel get uncomfortable at the invitation time in a worship service or when their evangelistic friend starts sharing the gospel, say, in a restaurant or a public place. They are embarrassed by the gospel message, not impressed by the gospel power. It's foolishness to them. Now, here's the flip side. God inhabits the praises of His people. God and genuine praise are mutually attracted. There is a mutual affinity between God and genuine worshiping people. I want to say that again. There is a mutual affinity between God and genuinely worshiping people. God shows up in power when His people truly worship to accomplish His eternal purposes. That's why Hezekiah the king put the choir out front of his army in battle. He wanted God to show up in power on their behalf. And if you read that story in the book of of 2 Kings, you will understand that God did show up in great power after Hezekiah put the choir, the singers, the worshipers, out in front of his army. That's why we worship God first before the preaching and teaching of the gospel message on Sunday mornings. It's because we want God to show up in great power. That's why you should spend time on your knees worshiping God before you begin your day. You want God to show up in your life in great power. Now, I want you also to understand that Satan is allergic to praise. You see, Satan goes into anaphylactic shock when he is around the people of God worshiping and praising the true king. His blood pressure drops, his throat swells, his lips swell, and he can't breathe, and he collapses in weak and powerless. We also hear the phrase, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, where there's no praise, where there's no worship, where there's no scripture, that mind becomes the devil's workshop. On the other hand, a praising heart 
Well, when there is a praising heart, the devil can't slide a temptation in edgewise because his because because Holy Spirit lives there. Where there is a praising heart, the Holy Spirit lives there. And you see, the S- Satan is allergic to the praise and worship that inhabits the heart of that person. Do you want the devil to leave you alone? Then begin praising the Lord from a clean heart, with a sincere spirit. Do you want temptation and evil companions to abandon you? Then cultivate a lifestyle of praise. If you become a true worshiper of God, it is inevitable that some folks will disapprove or even despise you. But listen, God will smile upon you and His favor will rest upon you. His power will flow through you. There is a consequence for rejecting the true worship of God. Trust me, there is a consequence for rejecting the true worship of God. The Bible tells us that Michelle was barren until the day of her death. Why? It's because she despised the true worship of God. On the other hand, David enjoyed the favor of God. And the Bible tells us that his triumph was heard throughout the land. In one of the Psalms, in Psalms 57, David says, My heart is fixed. O God, my heart is fixed. I will praise the Lord. Dear listener, have you determined in your heart that you will praise the Lord regardless of the circumstances of your life? Have you determined that your heart will be a heart of genuine worship? If you like devotions with Dr. Papa, please follow or like or share. Share it with your family or friends. If you have a prayer request, share it with us. Send it to Jackson Family Ministry and it will make its way to me. And my wife, uh, Carlotta, and I will certainly be glad to pray for you. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss in uh, devotions with Dr. Papa, we'll send it to Jackson Family Ministry and we will address it in a future podcast. May the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.